0: welcome to this the second episode of those who write read with me faith ribbons i must apologize first for taking so long to come out with a second episode i wasn't expecting october to be as busy as it was and i'm really hoping and determined to go forward with long strides and make this podcast work as i've said before the reason for this podcast is really to talk about books and how they inspire us as writers and as readers, of course, but my main focus is on the writing process and how we can learn from the books that we read. And funnily enough, this actually served me very well in October, so forgive me if this episode becomes a little bit self-serving, it's not my intention, it's actually meant to inspire you, and I hope that you can learn a bit from the completely crazy experience that I went through in October. So bear with me, but I'm hoping that it can help you as well. For those of you who don't know, I'm a self-published author, but this year my big goal has been to get an agent so that I can become traditionally published. And the book I've been querying all year is called Moonbeam, The Ballad of the Fiddler Who Freed the Moon, which is a middle-grade fantasy about a young fiddler who travels with her grandmother to find the moon when it disappears. It's a story that's very dear to my heart. I wrote it during NaNoWriMo 2015, and she's come on a long journey with me. I wrote her at a time when I was suffering a lot of fear, anxiety, when I was really lost in myself, and I put a lot of myself into my main character, Peggy. So again, it's a story really dear to my heart, and one I've been hoping to find an agent for. I've gotten requests throughout the year. I even got a full request, but they all went nowhere for a few years now um there's been something called oopsies sorry that was twitter calling me for a NaNoWriMo sprint, but it's gonna have to wait in August there was a pitch wars that was hosted and this happens every year I know many of you will know the name Tomi Adeyemi she was actually found during pitch wars she's the author of children of blood and bone which has been such a huge success this year really impressive book actually i recommend it it's one of my favorite books this year anyway but pitch wars is a mentor program essentially so hundreds of authors submit their works to be looked at by other authors who are already agented already published uh, sometimes editors and about a hundred people are chosen a year give or take again it depends on the year So I submitted Moonbeam this year. It's my third year entering Pitch Wars. I've entered twice before with the same book, Paradise, which is a book that's actually my, hi Dusty, which is actually my first book I've ever written. I wrote that when I was 16 and it's still, yes, sweetheart, it's still going through a major redraft session right now. But I was really hopeful with Moonbeam. I've put a lot of work into it and I thought if I could just find someone who believed in my story as much as I did, I might actually stand a chance. And I was not picked, but Pitch Wars opened my eyes to something. I found these two lovely women who introduced me to an idea that I had not thought of before. So before I get right into that, I should do a bit of explaining. So because Moonbeam is a book about a fiddler, I have a lot of lyrics in in the book. There are a lot of moments where my main character Peggy works through her fears with song lyrics. And I thought this was an important part of the uh, the way the story was developing. But over the course of Pitch Wars, I was introduced to novels written completely in verse. Primarily, Forget Me Not by Ellie Terry. And also, um, Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. And it dawned on me that Moonbeam should be written in verse. So over the course of October, while waiting for results from Pitch Wars, I decided that I would take my entire manuscript and write in verse. And at the end of October, there was a new mentorship program opening up called Author-Mentor Match, which was in its fifth year. And I thought, if I don't get into Pitch Wars, that's fine. I now have this new idea that I can run with and maybe go somewhere with. And maybe I could try submitting my verse novel, even though it'll be in a first draft, unedited. Maybe this will click. And friends, it did. I... I was so shocked when I got chosen for Author-Mentor Match. I wasn't, I I was hopeful, but I've learned that being hopeful means I also have to be ready for, this to be discouraged. Not discouraged, but I also have to have expectations that I might not be chosen because there's so many amazing authors out there. And mine is just one of the books that people are trying to get seen. But it worked. Someone... Red Moonbeam in verse, saw something in it that no one had seen yet because no one had seen it written in verse. And you might think that's such a small change. It's like the story doesn't change. The story didn't change, the characters didn't change, but the structure, the format changed. And that's such an integral part of the story. Changed enough that someone looked at it and said, okay, here's an interesting story. Here's something that I can work with. And I'm still humbled and blessed And I haven't gotten my edit letter yet. That's coming in mid-December. But still, it it made me realize, again, if I hadn't read, forget me not, if I hadn't read Brown Girl Dreaming, I might not have decided to change. I might have never made that change, and maybe I would have had to shelve Moonbeam after a few more months of querying. Who knows? And at the end of the day, I actually love it being in verse more than I ever did in prose. It It fits it so much better because... Peggy is a fiddler, her life is music, she reacts to the world with music, with, with lyrics. And so verse serves her better than prose did. I also made another change. I made it from third person to first person, which uh, this is a little side note, a little funny story also. When I first wrote Moonbeam back in 2015, I wrote it as a YA novel. And it was in third person. Then I switched it to first person because I thought, no, it should be more, it has to be more internal because Peggy is uh, a very internal character. And then I decided to do middle grade, and I heard a lot of people saying that third person is more favorable in middle grade. So as I was shifting it to middle grade, changing a bit of the language and a bit of the way the story is told, I also ended up switching the POV around, and. <laughs> So by the time it was being queried, it was in third person, uh, third, p- third person, good lord. <laughs> so by the time Moon Moon was being queried, it was in third person past for middle grade. But now in verse, it's first person present middle grade. And again, that makes a big difference. Do not underestimate The power of structure, the power of voice, the power of the choice of point of view, and the power of tense. But when you start to read more and you start to open your eyes and let yourself be inspired and be intrigued by the different ways other authors are telling their stories, then your own craft can improve. Really try to keep your mind open to that. I do have to apologize. I actually ended up moving around during this podcast. I had to stop halfway through last time. So if you notice a change in the echo or anything, it's because I actually had to stop for a day and then come back and finish recording. So apologies for the dancing around. One of the things I'd like to do with this podcast is to introduce a segment where I talk about first pages. So a lot of authors will know that when you're querying agents, everyone says one of the most important things besides having a great query is having a great first page something that will hook readers at first sight and this often comprises of having a character in action that doesn't mean that they're running away from an exploding bomb but they could be doing anything it just means that they're actively interacting with the world around them it also means if not mentioning the conflict hinting at the conflict hinting at the stakes at the way the story is going to progress from the first page so i like to during further podcasts uh, talk about first pages of famous books books that have gone on to sell very well books that have garnered cult uh, followings also any books that you guys might want me to talk about you can drop me a message on twitter or however you feel best uh, contacting me and tell me what you would like to see because I'd also like to touch on books that you guys love. So I was hoping that today I could share with you the first page of my book. Well not book, because it's not a book yet, but my manuscript, the one that I switched from prose to verse. And I don't want to just read you the verse part, I want to read the prose part as well so that you can see the change I made and maybe see for yourself if it is indeed an improvement or if I'm just crazy and who knows. So. If you don't mind more self-service on Faith's part, we're going to read the first page of Moonbeam, The Ballad of the Filler Who Freed the Moon. I'll read the prose version first, and then the verse. The prose version, obviously, is going to be much longer than the verse, and I hope that this podcast does not go too far over. But that's what editing is for, so we shall see. Beckoned by the moon's light, Peggy came alive at night. Safe inside her grandmother's house, she smiled up at him. Her fiddle rested beside her, ready to bring her music to life. The moon shone white, a beacon in the velvety dark. Hello, moon. Peggy stepped into the halo of light he cast upon her bedroom floor. She closed her eyes, bathed in his warmth. Then she heard a voice, not aloud, but as a whisper in her head. Peggy, please play me a song. The moon had spoken. To her. How new, how strange every night for the last three years she had played for him. Without words, he had kept her company through the hours when she couldn't sleep, inspiring songs with his majestic grace. They had built a routine, a cycle as normal as his rising and falling. On a night that had started like any other, how could they have reached this moment of change? How could she deserve this honor, this blessing, and why? To tell you I've heard every song, to tell you how grateful I am for them. His soft answer became a melody in her head. A song burst within her, wanting to be shared, to celebrate this novelty. Then play for me, sweet moonchild mine. She unclasped each buckle of her fiddle case. They came up with an eager snap, snap, snap. So that was Moonbeam as prose. That was the first page. And now we're going to read the verse one. The moon and me. Beckoned by the moon's light, I come alive at night. Safe inside my Nana's home, my fiddle by my side. The moon is here to hear the songs I'll play, the songs I need, to feel stronger, braver, to force the shadows back, like every other night before. Three years now of sharing with the moon, of being in his light. He speaks to me, inside my head, a whisper. Peggy please play for me a song how new how strange to hear a voice he's never shared before why now why me to tell you I have heard each song to thank you for each one his answer is a melody a song I yearn to try then play for me sweet moon child mine so that's actually more than just the first page of the verse version um it encompasses a whole first verse, essentially, that, that Peggy is singing called The Moon and Me. As you can see, it actually almost kind of lines up at the first page, the same amount of action is happening there. But I guess the biggest difference you can probably tell is that this one is much more personal, which is partly because it's first person present, but also because it's really told in Peggy's voice. I think maybe if I had done prose in first person, it would have gotten across. But Again, the reason I switched to verse was because I realized that it was a really unique way to tell the story and fit well with the character I was trying to create for Peggy. And since essentially they do cover the same amount of space and time, I can talk about both the verse and the prose version as a first page. I don't want to take too much time, but I want to maybe break apart a bit of the first page in the verse to show you... Hi Dusty. My Dusty's back. I'm, this is the second day I'm recording and she's back with me because she loves me too much. Say hi to listeners. Thank you. You guys are probably thinking I'm crazy cat lady. I am a crazy cat lady. I'm going to take time to break down a few of the lines in the verse version anyway, just to show you how it hits the mark for some elements that agents are looking for on first pages. And again... The verse goes past the first page, but it, word length it doesn't, it's just the way it's formatted it's very short. So bear with me, okay. So in the first paragraph, as it as it is, it's beckoned by the moon's light, I come alive at night, safe inside my nana's home, my fiddle by my side. So just in that first paragraph, you, you know your main character, and she's not named here Piggy because she doesn't, she's not going to name herself as it's in first person, but you can tell that the main character is young enough, she calls her grandmother Nana, she's living with her Nana, so that probably implies that her parents are dead, which is true. She's someone who maybe feels more comfortable at night, safety is an important thing for her, and she's a fiddler, because she has her fiddle with her. In a way that's a bit of showing and not telling, because you're you're de- describing her emotions and what surrounds her, and in that, you can start to grab pieces without me telling you, she lives with her grandmother, she's a fiddler, But we don't have any action yet, it's just more of a descriptive first paragraph. And then in the second one, the moon is here to hear the songs I'll play, the songs I need to feel stronger, braver, to force the shadows back like every other night before, three years now of sharing with the moon, of being in his light. Again, this is more of Peggy talking about herself, reflecting on herself. So this is something that she and the moon have often done. He's come at night, shining in the sky, and she's played songs for him. And she's someone who needs her music to feel brave. And introducing an element to the fantasy world, and it gets even more when he speaks to her in her head as a whisper, so the moon can talk. And again, that's more of a fantastical element, so it shows you that this is a fantasy, which is always important. That's something I've also heard. It's important if you're writing fantasy to already show elements of your fantasy world in the first few pages without saying this is a fantasy world just start to bring the elements as early as possible and she says how new how strange to hear a voice he's never shared before why now why me he's been with her for three years but he hasn't ever revealed to her that he has a voice and so right away there's a question and peggy asks and why now why me and as a reader i hope would also ask well why now why her and why hasn't he shared it before and then he answers. He says it's to tell you I've heard each song to thank you for each one. And maybe you can say all right that that I can buy that, but maybe you can also say ah, I'm not sure I can buy that. And that's part of the mystery I hope to hope to set on the first page. And then Peggy says his answer is a melody I song I yearn to try. So his again, she 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 tends to interact with the world so that when she hears things or sees things, they make her think of music. She's Her music is her life, it's the way she deals with stress, with anxiety, and we've already seen that a few times. So again, this first page is really building up who Peggy is as a character. And then the last line again is then play for me, sweet moonshot mine," which will then lead, of course, to Peggy playing a song. So I introduce character. I don't introduce conflict so much, but we get a good sense of who Peggy is and what might be a conflict for her. But again it's a lot of more subtle implication and as an author I know where I'm going so I'm probably able to read into it more than a reader is so I have to be careful but I think more than anything what really plays well for my first page or first verse is that it gives a good idea of who my main character is, it introduces a fantastic element, there's questions being asked and the voice is strong enough and again I'm not trying to blow my own horn play my own violin, I'm just trying to say what I've heard from other people and just from all of these articles, blogs, any time I've ever tried to study the craft, just things I've noticed that my first page might accomplish. But again, I don't do so well with introducing Piggy in a certain action, but she doesn't actively start doing something until the next page. So yeah, that's my first page of Moonbeam. Um, thank you for listening to it and for listening to my babbling. I think I've been babbling today, but I'm really excited about this opportunity I have. And I really, if I can help you by sharing the way I changed it, by piecing together some parts of the puzzle that I only recently discovered, then I'll feel really content with myself. And I think that is it. Always remember to really try hard to break past the mold. And don't be afraid to get experimental in your writing and to really, don't just don't just put all the effort into breaking down the plot and the characters, but think about the way you're telling your story, about the perspective you're telling it from, the tense you're using. Those are such crucial elements and they can really set your story apart. And that is all for those who write, read. Thank you everyone for joining me for my second episode. I'm sorry it took so long. I swear and promise that it will not take this long next time. And again, leave me a message on Twitter, uh, in the comments on SoundCloud, anywhere you want. You can also email me at faithrivins.writer.gmail.com. I'll put that in the show notes. You can also follow me on Twitter at faith underscore the ribbons. Instagram is the same thing, faith underscore the ribbons. And you can also find me at faithrivenswriter.com, where you'll find my blog. And if you're looking for an editor, This is a shameless plug. My sister and I have an editing company called Inky Squid. So if you want to, you can check us out. If you're looking for someone to give your book uh, another glance and to help you make it shimmer shine, we are happy to help. Thank you again for joining me, and I'll see you next time. May inspiration flow like ink upon your quill. Say bye, Dusty.